Meet other like-minded musicians who share the same passion as you, the future teachers, promoters, or music therapists. Applications open. Apply now. Study at the Academy of Music and Sound. Welcome to season two of the Off The Record podcast with me, Katrina Rose. I'm so excited to be back, but this time I am not alone. I have a fantastic new co-host. Hiya, I'm Verity. Verity and I are super, super excited to be back for Off The Record podcast. We have got a whole range of fantastic guests and it feels really fitting to be kind of doing it this year with all the crazy stuff that's been happening, particularly within the music industry. What we'll be doing is we'll be chatting to some incredible people throughout Scotland who are working in the music industry today. They're going to be bringing us some really cool stories, some advice, some tips. It's going to be great. But if you're new to this podcast, let us tell you a little bit about ourselves. My name is Katrina. I've been working in the arts and culture and broadcasting industry for about 10 years now. Um, Got a massive love for Scottish music scene. It's super exciting right now. And it feels like we're really doing some bits. So I'm really excited to be part of it. You might know me from some work on the BBC, but also you might know me from the From Under the Doovie podcast and a few cool music blogs. What about you, Very? Yeah, so I'm a freelance broadcaster, zine maker, artist. Um, my work mainly explores music, mental health, LGBTQ issues, and sort of how those all link into each other. Uh, I co-host a podcast called Weekly Obsessions, which can be streamed on Spotify, but it's moving to Sub-City in early December. And I'm super excited to be chatting to everyone we've got planned to come on this podcast. Uh, yeah, very excited for everything that's coming. We have got some great people coming up, but I don't think we could have kicked off season two with a much better guest, to be honest. I was so, so excited when Verity told me who we were getting, and I was so, so gutted when I actually couldn't make the chat. Um, but what a chat, what a guest. Verity, who is kicking off season two? So kicking off season two, we've got Talia. So Talia is a producer, DJ, and performance artist based in Glasgow. She makes experimental hyperpop music as a way of exploring like wider political issues. So she's just amazing. And she recently became the first black trans woman to be nominated for uh, Scottish, the Scottish Alternative Music Awards, two SAMA Awards. Uh, she won Best Newcomer and Best Electronic Act. Uh, I've seen her perform a bunch of times and she's just mesmerizing. I love her. And we had such a great chat. She's so interesting. So you guys are in for a treat. What's coming up in part one of the chat? So part one, we chat a lot about how she got started in music, uh, working as a creative in lockdown, particularly as a musician. And navigating that how your create creativity is sort of like helped or hindered in that kind of situation and sort of the future of clubbing post lockdown so she's done a lot of djing with it like on within online raves and how that's gone but she makes a lot of really good points about what we can expect sort of post lockdown and people going out and enjoying music in you know a post lockdown world so yeah post lockdown world can you imagine it (laughs) i can (laughs) (laughs) i can dream (laughs) all right thank you so much for joining us today talia um i think yeah are you doing okay how's lockdown treating you yeah it's okay i mean kind of 
just working really mm-hmm. I mean I feel like I get like I ought, I answer this question with the same answer but yeah literally just work and just taking it day by day um yeah been relatively busy which is good that's nice I think that's the key always keeping yourself busy um but should we just dive right into it so first off I was going to ask you um for those who are new to your work how would you describe your music oh (laughs) um I would say that uh, fundamentally it's electronic music but I think it can kind of depending on what track it can go from anything from kind of pop to experimental to sort of trance um there's definitely elements of kind of like hyper pop in there as well um yeah I feel like those are like the four or five main mods I would use to describe it yeah I would agree sort of like elements like PC music in there as well I think yeah I suppose yeah I I mean like I feel like that PC music has obviously became like a term to kind of uh describe the music um I'm not affiliated with them in any way but if uh, yeah that's obviously a sort of well-known descriptor of it yeah Mm -hmm. cool um so where did your desire to like pursue a career in music and how did you get started um first and foremost I started DJing so I moved so I'm originally from Kilmarnock um, in Scotland, but I moved to Glasgow for art school. Uh, I moved here in like 2017. Um, and during my second year, I was just sort of like going out with, with friends and partying and kind of experiencing club culture on a, on a kind of different level to what I, I maybe experienced before. And a lot of the people that I knew or people that I would run into were DJs and were playing in in spaces and so I was just kind of like oh like I could do that and and then um I suppose the music that I started DJing I started out DJing with was like I I don't really think anyone was kind of playing it in Glasgow around that time and I remember I remember specifically like going out and kind of experiencing clubs and stuff and kind of really wanting their wanting certain songs to play and wanting there to be a specific sound and just never really getting it and so I just thought I might as well just do it myself and then that led on to me um kind of becoming more interested in sort of DJing as a performance which then led me into doing sound work which then eventually led me into doing music and so I'm now a music producer as well yeah it's so exciting yeah because you you said you were at art school at the moment what is it you study at art school yeah so i study painting and printmaking at uh, the glasgow school of art i'm graduating this year um i don't paint <laughs> and i don't print make um i basically just just make sounds and, and music and they kind of mark me on that which is quite nice um and performances i did start out painting um i I was painting since I was about um, 11 or 12, but then it, I just kind of fell out of love with it because I feel like I was um, I was painting more for the specific audience of other people rather than for myself, which just made me really not want to do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So you feel like with music, you've got more sort of autonomy to do your own thing. Yeah, I feel like with music, it is 
it feels a lot more me mm-hmm. um it, and also it's just a much more collaborative process which i really like um and i i really love the way that music um can sort of make bodies and sort of make different people move and it doesn't necessarily mean dancing but like when you hear like a a catchy beat i hate that term or <laughs> you, 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 you essentially you hear something that you like and, and your body just starts starts to move with it i think that's a really powerful thing obviously the same way that you can look at a piece of art and become emotional by it um but with music i was i was really really interested in kind of like the the club element to it and sort of making people being able to make people move and controlling that and i think yeah that's that's where a lot of my interest in it grew was just from from clubs mm-hmm. yeah definitely um yeah because i've seen you perform before and a lot of it it does feel like a big performance when you do perform because there's a lot of visuals that sort of tie into your work as well right um yeah so would yeah, would you say that's like an important element of your work? And what would you say are your main inspirations that come into your work? I think um, I think visually, because I was coming from uh, a visual arts background coming into music, um, I always wanted to make sure that uh, I, the, the the visual side of it corresponds and the they both kind of merge with each other and both tell a story. I think with, with all my art, with sort of like in, in the past with paintings and kind of video work and sculptures and stuff, um, there's always been a real political element to it and that continues on throughout the music. But I think with music, sometimes uh, the political side can sometimes get a bit lost. And so with the vi- I always have the visuals to kind of accompany it accompany it and sort of bring it back to its roots um and also so obviously me being who I am it's um it's I feel I feel as if my body can can be used as a visual aid um quite well and yeah so I'm always quite I'm quite aware of that but I think that's where the the visual sides come comes from I, I suppose in terms of inspiration um I think visually I'm just very inspired by the people in my life, sort of my friends, um, yeah, the people that I surround myself with. Um, and musically inspiration I, I just kind of comes here and there sort of from anything, to be quite honest. I'm, I always find it quite hard to try and lay down who, who I'm inspired by or what inspires me because I feel like I, I get inspiration from so many things very quickly and it's quite fleeting. Um, so sometimes it's hard to narrow it down. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so obviously you established yourself as an artist before all this lockdown craziness happened. And like you said, you're quite easily inspired and it comes to you quite easily. But like, how have you adapted to working as a creative in lockdown um, and as a musician, obviously? And has that sort of helped or like, hindered your creativity? Um. I actually think lockdown has really did help. Um, I was based in Berlin from sort of the tail end of last year, so around September time up until March this year. Um, and so essentially when I when I came back, it was sort of 
three weeks in and we were we were in lockdown and I really uh, the time that I spent in Berlin I sort of spent it really trying to hone in on my skills with music production I kind of got I had got Ableton just before I left in August and so really ju just like really got in there and just try tried to learn as much as much as I could and then when I got back um I think that I started to um write what is now going to be my EP which will be released next year um and in that process it kind of be just being alone um and sort of being able to correspond with people um through sort of like zoom and online i just found that process a lot easier um and yeah some really great things um kate kate came out of that time and um i i i, I would say that half of my ep um was kind of the backbone of it was made during lockdown um but I, I don't know whether that's just because of the time that I was kind of experiencing life or whether it is because I am quite um, an introverted person when it comes to working. Uh, un unsure on that fact. But um, yeah, no, lockdown was, creatively lockdown was was quite good for me. I think obviously with everything else, it's, it's kind of horrendous. But I don't... I, <laughs> I didn't struggle that much, um, which is good, and I got I got a lot of stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great news because <laughs> yeah, I think a lot it's gone either way, definitely for a lot of artists and musicians. Some people have really been like, "Oh, great, just solid time to like make and create without any like interruptions." Uh, but I think others, it's not been the case. But that's great that you've almost you got basically an EP out of lockdown, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think with I, it obviously it depends what kind of artist you are, but I think if because I'm I'm first and foremost a producer, it's quite easy for me to sort of get the main get everything done essentially, and sort of collaborate with different people that maybe I want to use for vocals and stuff like that, and and get the ideas done. But I suppose if if you're necessarily just a singer and you don't um, do any kind of production work or anything like that I can I can understand why it would be quite quite hard but I mean like zoom and stuff like that obviously is has been the saving grace <laughs> yeah you mentioned zoom being the saving grace um and I noticed that you've been doing a lot of um like DJing a lot of online raves um so how's how's that experience been um quite interesting very interesting I mean I was it's gotten to a point now where I really do just miss being in a live setting. Um, I think that there is something quite otherworldly about playing to a crowd. And yeah, like I mentioned before, being able to control sort of the atmosphere. And I think from also from like a producer's side, like sort of like demos that you have and sort of like playing them to crowds and seeing how people react to them, sort of like testing grounds and stuff like that. Um, but I think with the online rave stuff, it's it has been it has been quite interesting. I do quite like being able to just pre-record a mix and send it to the promoter, and like send like a like some visuals, and then that's it. 
that's it's quite nice it's quite nice to do that um because i suppose it take it takes the pressure off kind of messing up live um and also it it means that i i feel like with my mixes and stuff like that i'm i'm quite a perfectionist so it it means that i'm able to to perfect the sound um as much as possible before obviously the deadline um but i think though yeah it it has been quite interesting but i think um when it's also a bit weird when you're kind of like i i played club quarantine a few weeks ago um and that was different because um my webcam was on so i'd pre i'd pre-recorded the mix but my web- webcam was on so obviously you you could you could see me and sort of like my flatmates like having a dance to it and stuff oh nice but that was quite strange because i'd never had my web webcam on before um so it, and it's quite interesting to have sort of obviously when you're when you're playing live and you're on a stage it's not exactly your bedroom <laughs> so it it, it 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 it's also quite it's quite I, I don't want to use the word invasive but it's quite strange obviously seeing like hundreds hundreds of people are like can, can see like um your like wardrobe and like your clothes racks and like the rugs on your carpet and stuff it's yeah it's strange. quite like intimate in a weird way isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah very intimate. um yeah so you sort of mentioned how your roots are kind of in the underground queer dance scene and you really miss like performing in clubs um like obviously the queer club scene in Glasgow it seems like it's been thriving for a few years but I mean would you agree with that what's your experience with it um yeah I totally agree with that I think over lockdown I became a, a resident um at Shoot Your Shop which is a a queer uh, club night based in Glasgow, um, uh, but also does different events kind of all over Scotland. Um, and I, I, me, me and my friends have been going to Shoot Your Shop for quite a while, and it's always been a very, very welcoming space. It's, it's, it's probably the my number one club night to go to, like, like one of my favourites. And I would say that also if I, if I wasn't a resident, I'm not sort of endorsing it in any way. It's just a really, really fantastic experience um and yeah i think it i think it has been it has been steadily getting so much better generally um within within the scene itself and there has been sort of like this this new wave of of performers and djs and and people getting getting really into it which which is fantastic but then also it's uh there is sort of like the highs and then also the lows obviously the low kind of being um sort of the segregation of space um sort of different spaces closing like different after party spaces closing but then also we have like the art school closing which um one of my favorite spaces in uh, scotland know, to be yeah. quite honest. Uh-huh. Um, which is obviously like horrible and like sort of like my my um sort of experience as um as someone like moving to a new city, like a, a lot of it stemmed from the art school and yeah, very sad. Um, but then also you have sort of different collectives and club nights really, really pushing pushing for things. Um, 
And so yeah, it's like obviously it's been it's been it's been it's been great, but then it's also been quite sad. It's going to be interesting to see how things sort of manifest and come around post post COVID and post lockdown and sort of um, how how we as uh, as DJs and performers and, and promoters and stuff are gonna be able to utilize the different spaces in Glasgow, which seem to just be dwindling down i know yeah. it's gonna be so interesting coming back after this time and going to a club again like i just don't know when that will happen yeah. but it's really interesting to see what the future of that will look like like will you have to take a test before you get go in or like what's the protocol gonna be yeah it's quite interesting i think about it a lot i i, I keep thinking about what, what it's gonna be like that first time kind of um stepping into a club space or what it's going to be like sort of going behind um the equipment and, and starting a set and, and stuff yes yeah, it I, i'm very much looking forward to it but also it, i'm quite apprehensive of it as well um yeah what you mean <laughs> what do you feel apprehensive about in like mostly um just, just i suppose just how people are gonna gonna react with each other obviously before covid um in kind of club spaces or I suppose the club spaces that I I put myself in um everyone was very free um um would like obviously chat amongst each other um go outside um sort of really socialize and really get to know one another whereas now like sort of how how, how is that going to happen because like even even when I'm like walking down the street um, and someone's sort of like walking towards me, I will, I will purposely, if they don't move, I will purposely like move myself well away from them to make, to make sure that I'm kind of like not coming into contact with them in any COVID related way. And so, and like, if I'm doing that just on the street, how is it going to be when it's a like, dance a, floor. I don't know what, yeah, a dance floor with like a like two hundred capacity, and like obviously everyone's going to be rearing to go to go out, and sort of a lot of things will like sell out and, and stuff like that. So like, yeah, it's yeah. How is that even gonna even gonna I know, work? So much to think about. You're listening to the Off the Record podcast with me, Katrina, and me, Verity. Uh, and we are currently uh, in the middle of kind of reflecting on what um, Talia was just saying there. Some really, really interesting stuff. Yeah, I love the what she was talking about, how going to clubs, not hearing what you want to hear and being like, nah, I'll just do this myself. I'm going to make the sounds I want to hear, curating your own vibe. I love that. <laughs> I think it's it's interesting as well because we've I would say in recent months I've I've had so many talks with venue owners about gigs you know like getting back to gigs can't wait to see a band live that kind of thing I've not actually thought about the club scene that much I've not really thought about kind of rave scene club scenes and I, it was just really interesting to kind of be reminded of that and get that that perspective and actually just that real honest truth about being concerned about it and actually will it be the same vibe or will it take us a while to kind of get back to the way we once were before COVID. Yeah, totally. It's like, yeah, the idea of making sure spaces are okay. And 
accommodating to this new world of clubbing and this new scene of clubbing is really interesting and like her point her take on that was really interesting to hear as as a dj and someone who has not only sort of found herself as a musician within the queer club scene but also as a performer within it and you know figuring out Mm -hmm. the future of that was really interesting to listen to i also kind of love that idea of of where she gets her visuals from I thought that it's a say mm. you get it from people, the people in our life was really cool because when you think of someone's visuals, especially as a DJ or kind of in the club scene, you don't think of it like that. So it was just a really powerful thing to hear. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing seeing it in person, how it really, the whole thing comes together and how she sort of said like what she's trying to say or like the political message that she's trying to put forward can mm. kind of get lost in the music in the because of the music she plays is like super high like hyper pop glossy fun music and it can you, the message she's trying to like give out there can kind of get lost but like having the visuals there and having her there reinforces what she's trying to say I think that's a really interesting way of making art and like sort of reinforcing what you want to say I really like enjoyed her point of view on that I thought it was really cool because you've seen her live see after having the kind of that initial chat with her there I know we've got more to talk about that that initial chat there does some of it kind of like do you now kind of look back on it a little bit differently do you kind of see the kind of the performance differently after kind of hearing motivations and inspirations behind it yeah totally it sort of definitely sort of packages it all together really well I mean I think because the, the kind of artist she is it's like she's not hiding anything everything that she's giving out and she's pr- bringing to the performance is quite clear and you're like she doesn't she's not afraid of addressing any like huge political issues or what she's trying to say with her music like it's all pretty clear but having her articulate it in such a great way was really interesting to hear and like her motivations behind it was like really interesting having seen her live as well and like mm-hmm. yeah all of it coming together is really cool to listen to oh I loved it and uh, if you're listening at home don't forget you can get in touch with uh VR socials that's Twitter Instagram Facebook just search for at OTR Scott and you can also head over to our website which is www.otrscott.com so mm-hmm. what can we expect in part two so part two, we talk about Talia's recent Scottish Alternative Music Award win, in which she won two awards in the same night. Uh, first we also ever, talk a lot first about ever, her. we should say that. I know. Crazy. Should... Um, crazy, so... totally crazy. <laughs> so we also talk a lot about um, her working as like a black trans artist in the music industry today. And that sort of opens up a wider conversation about diversity within the music industry and we also talk a lot about her plans for the future and upcoming releases so yeah exciting chat a lot of exciting stuff Yeah, I actually really wanted to congratulate you on your Scottish Alternative Music Award, which is amazing. Thank you. You won Best (laughs) Newcomer and Best Electronic Music Award, and you're the first ever artist to be nominated and win two categories in the same year, (laughs) which is amazing. I am. Uh, am. So how does that feel to achieve something like that at such an early point in your career? Um, Quite, yeah, really strange. Very strange. Um, obviously, I, I'm I'm completely I'm completely humbled by it. Um, and it's kind of when I found out about the nominations, 
um, when I found out that I'd been nominated, first of all, I was just kind of like, mm, okay, that's like, thank you so much. That's that's really really cool. But I'm I'm still I still feel quite, I still yeah I still feel quite. This feels still very early for mm-hmm. me. Um, and so I was like, oh right, okay, that's cool. And then um, I kind of found out the statistics of it, and obviously being the first black trans person to be nominated and then also the first person to ever be nominated for two mm-hmm. I was kind of like okay okay, <laughs> okay. And, then, and, then, and then obviously I found out that I'd won both and I didn't even expect um to win any because uh, I don't even have like a well at this point in time when we're recording this I don't have any uh officially released music so I was just kind of like oh wow um but yeah, an, an, an incredible, incredible honour, and obviously means I'm doing something right if um, if stuff like that's happening. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you mentioned you are the first Black trans artist to be nominated and win this award. Um, so I wanted to ask you, like, what your experience is like working in in the music industry as obviously a Black trans woman, and how. Do you think the industry could do more to support artists from minority groups? Um, I feel like my experience has been, it's been interesting. Uh, it's definitely, I don't want to say that it's been lengthy because, I mean, I got signed to my, my label over lockdown, um, only really started to pursue music professionally and properly kind of, about a year ago and so I, I feel I feel like I've been welcomed quite well despite obviously the the intersections of identity that I have um but I, I definitely when I was when I began DJing and sort of when I began to sort of like enter in the the space and like the club space in itself and kind of the I suppose the music, the music scene within Glasgow, there was definitely an apprehension with, with me and kind of um, how I portrayed myself and who I was. I remember specifically, um, I think it was, I'd been DJing for about a year and someone had, I was speaking to someone um, at a club or whatever just t- talking to talking to them about how how I DJed and stuff, and they asked me what um, my DJ name was, and I told them, which was obviously Talia, and they were like, "Oh, you're Talia," and I could just I could just tell by the way that um, they kind of they entered the conversation that they really did not expect me to be like black or trans or queer, and it was just like a very um, interesting experience. Because it's kind of like, oh, so you can you think that there's uh, a real baseline image to kind of the sound that I've created, and you did not expect me to to look like this. And I was just kind of like, hmm, okay. But um, I think in terms of, I think obviously providing space and opportunity is is the main thing, making sure that we are. Um, that we are opening up our spaces for for minorities and we are making sure that the safeguards in check and we're sort of 
if you are a club owner or a promoter or anything like that, you're you're really looking at the people who are also working at the club, um, albeit bar staff, um, security people, making sure that there's a fundamental level of understanding there. Um, I, I, I remember specifically there's some club nights um, that offer uh, trans taxi funds, which oh, are really, amazing. really great, which obviously mean, means that um, trans people can get to and from the event um, safely, um, albeit depending on what taxi service you use, because obviously you can experience harassment by taxi drivers as well, unfortunately. Um, different things like that, which obviously make it a lot more, a lot more of a welcoming environment for trans, non-binary and queer people. But I think a, a lot of it, um, oh, like one of the main things is that you're, you're booking trans and non-binary uh, performers. Because if I I know from from my perspective, if um, I'm so much more interested in an event or um, a performance or a set or anything like that, if I can somewhat identify with the artists or the artists involved. So do you do you find when you've been booked for a night or a build, is it? Do you feel like they're you're not the only you're not do you don't feel tokenized or anything like this? Do you feel like a lot of clubs nowadays are good at diversifying their lineup and it's not just like do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I completely know what you mean. I th- I think there's been there's definitely been some instances where I have felt tokenized and sometimes I am apprehensive of that, but at the end of the day I'm being we're kind of we're kind of living in a well, I'm kind of a struggling artist I suppose so like if I'm being paid for it then I'm gonna do it but there's there's still that um thought in my brain of like oh are you are you only booking me because of who I am or is it because or are you actually interested in kind of like the aesthetics of the music or kind of like the the vibe that's going to be created if I play or anything like that I think it, it's something that can't you can't really can't really escape I've never I've never felt um overwhelmingly tokenized in any way I don't think or not or no instances bringing to my mind which obviously means that my experience has been quite been quite fortunate in my experience yeah that's um, good to hear yeah I wanted to chat a bit about like sort of your role models as well within the music industry and obviously um representation is so important um and like having diversity reflected like you know the whole thing like you can't be what you can't see type thing so who would you say your main role models within the music industry have been I wouldn't necessarily say I have role models there's definitely there's definitely um sort of producers and and vocalists and sort of artists that um I'm interested in uh, creatively and sonically I'm, I'm quite apprehensive to kind of uh lay down what interests me one because obviously like I said before it changes so much yeah. um and two sometimes I get uh I think because of the identity that I inhabit and also the sort of trans electronic producers that are out there sometimes I'm apprehensive of being of mentioning them or being compared to them in any way just because I don't really like being compared to white people I feel like 
it, 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 it sort of brings this hierarchy immediately whenever the whenever whenever comparisons are laid down um it depend doesn't matter um sort of what identity you intersect it always creates this hierarchy of like um the less established person is obviously seeking what the more established person person has got i don't i just don't really um agree with that i don't really identify with it in any way um and so i i just i a lot of the role models that I look up to are literally just people who I know, people who I know, people who I've collaborated with, kind of, um, yeah, just a, a plethora of, of really, really beautiful people that create really, really beautiful things. And um, sometimes, yeah, I'm, I'm, a lot of it is I don't, I don't like placing um the aesthetics of my work or or anything to do with my work on sort of like the shoulders of someone else I suppose and so that's that's always kind of how I tackle that that question yeah no that makes total sense um yeah you mentioned uh, earlier that you really enjoyed like collaborating and working with people you know um and I actually really enjoyed your remix of the Walt Disco tune uh Dancing Shoes um oh, and I was wondering like what do you enjoy most about collaborating with other artists in like your local scene I think it, it's it's always interesting to kind of gain the perspective um well other people's perspective on your work so like the the Walt Disco remix for example um James is James the front person of the band mm-hmm. um is, is a really good friend of mine and it was it was lovely to hear what they said about what they had to say about my work and sort of that they were obviously interested in in creating a a remix for for their release and obviously all the the other people that I've collaborated with I've collaborated with um not a few but um I think around four four people for for my EP um one of them being Kavari who is an an electronic music producer based in Aberdeen and she's really really great it's just it's just really nice to kind of and also um Sophie Hannah who kind of me and her have been working since um since right at the beginning of lockdown. My first single is 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 with her and um we have a really lovely working relationship in that um I think we definitely get each other's sound quite well. And it's it's really interesting just to see how people other people take take your work and how you take other people's work and sort of the different things that can come out of that and obviously other people's aesthetics music aesthetics sort of vocal qualities and stuff like that and um how you can make something really really beautiful when you just mesh the two together um yeah 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 i totally know what you mean uh yeah i love i always love hearing like remixes of like, like, I love it when um, Yeji brings out, like, remixes of people, like, Charlie XCX remixes. It's, like, my favourite thing. <laughs> Just yeah. seeing how other ar- artists, like, interpret other people's work is, like, really interesting to me. But, yeah, we're almost uh, finishing up here uh, towards the end of the interview. I just wanted to know, like, what you've got planned for for the future. What's, the, what's next for Talia? Well, like I mentioned before, I have my EP will be out next year. Um... And I think that's going to come out. I don't know specific timelines, but I, I know I want it to come out sort of 
before the summer time. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely dead set on that. My my debut single um, will be out very, very early next year. Um, it's just kind of getting sort of the final bits added to it, so kind of mixed and mastered and stuff like that. Um, and kind of during lockdown, I started to plan different live shows and productions. And I know that I'm I'm gonna. Um, I've created this performance essentially called The Ultimate Angels, which will kind of be a lead up to the EP coming out, which will feature several different trans artists, um, which is quite a big collaborative effort, um, which will kind of highlight a lot of uh, sonically what I've been looking at over the past year, I suppose, and main backbone of it will obviously be sort of like the EP and sort of um, the different sonic elements that I can take out of that and put into a performance and that's going to be presented in Transmission Gallery in Glasgow oh my gosh. in March. That sounds amazing. Oh, I can't so, wait to see that. Yeah, yeah, that'll be exciting. So hopefully um, COVID kind of aside, mm-hmm. that, that, that'll work out quite well. Hopefully there'll be... They'll, be the opportunity for there to be a bit of an audience. Um, but it will obviously all also be documented and um, shown kind of in different ways that I can't really say too much, mm-hmm. too much about. But it, it will obviously, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a really, I'm really putting my heart and soul into it. So I'm hoping that it pays off. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Um, well, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was great hearing you chat about all your work and inspirations and future projects. Um, can't wait for the EP to come out. It'll be keep my ears open for that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But yeah, thank you so much for chatting to me. And yeah, have a great have a great evening. No problem, you too. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Okay, that was such an interesting chat I just had with Talia. Um, I think the the conversations about diversity within the music industry are so important and they're so necessary and all the points she made about that were amazing and the idea of like having these preconceived ideas of who can make a certain type of music was sort of really interesting to hear like the idea of them being like oh so you're Talia oh right you make that kind of music that was like mm. a very interesting point that she made um and that's thinking about like her inspirations or people that she knows, like people who are in the music industry, like her, the local scene. So like when she was like beautiful people creating beautiful things and that's what inspires her. I thought that was like really touching to hear. <laughs> that sounds a bit <laughs> cheesy, but it was. No, um, so true. Yeah, so true. what did you think? I think it's so powerful, especially kind of just touch, kind of expanding on what you just said there, this idea about who makes what kind of music or who even makes music kind of hope someone seeing her wins not just win mm-hmm. but wins um and hopefully they feel like actually the industry is you know is inclusive and is open to them and anyone can kind of make the music they want I mean look at the success she's had so early on and it's only fingers crossed going to get better from here for her um so I'm just excited to hear what's coming <laughs> coming next and I want to get back in a club now and I want to have a Talia rave so (laughs) that's all we want now Talia rave
<laughs> for sure. Um, so yeah, big thank you to Talia for coming on the podcast. Uh, it was really great to hear everything she had to say about being an artist today. Uh, but coming up, we've got some amazing guests who are going to be chatting to us about working in the music industry, everyone from photographers to artist managers uh, to radio station managers, everything. So stay tuned for that. Yes, stick with us. We are super, super excited to come back and do this again. Uh, in the meantime, please get in touch and follow and subscribe. You can get in touch with us via our socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search for at OTR Scott. Don't forget our website, www.otrscott.com. Subscribe, tell your pals, tell your mum, tell anyone. <laughs> come and listen to this. If you're interested in young people and music in Scotland today, this is the podcast for you. Thanks from me, Katrina. And me, Verity. We'll see you soon. Off the Record is produced with support from Creative Scotland, Youth Music Initiative, PRS Foundation, in association with Youth Music, the Academy of Music and Sound, EMU Bands, and the Association of Independent Music. <laughs>